0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The story that everybody is talking about, of course, is well, the fact that Prime Minister Trudeau has now commented about the SNC Lavalin affair, about the uh, res- resignations of two of his top cabinet ministers, and uh, tried as, as much as he could, I suppose, to try to douse the flames on the controversy that's been going on. This is a little bit of what the Prime Minister had to say about an hour ago.
1: I stressed the importance of protecting Canadian jobs and reiterated that this issue was one of significant national importance. Ms. Wilson-Raybould left that meeting, saying that she would speak with her Deputy Minister and the Clerk about this matter, but that the decision was hers alone. In the months that followed that meeting, I asked my staff to follow up regarding Ms. Wilson-Raybould's final decision. I realize now that, in addition, I should have done so personally, given the importance of this issue and the jobs that were on the line. In recent days, I have reviewed the testimony from the Justice Committee, including that given by Ms. Wilson-Raybould, Gerald Butts, the Clerk of the Privy Council, and the Deputy Minister of Justice and Deputy Attorney General, recalling various interactions. Each of these interactions was a conversation among colleagues about how to tackle a challenging issue. Each came at a time when my staff and I believed that the former Minister of Justice and Attorney General was open to considering other aspects of the public interest. However, I now understand that she saw it differently. What has become clear through the various testimonies is that over the past months, there was an erosion of trust between my office, and specifically my former Principal Secretary, and the former Minister of Justice and Attorney General. I was not aware of that erosion of trust. As Prime Minister and leader of the Federal Ministry, I should have been.
0: Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau speaking uh, to the uh, Ottawa Press Gallery just about one hour ago, and addressing the nation, obviously. Uh, with his uh, perspective on what has happened over the last little while with the SNC Lavalin situation, and of course the resignations of Jody Wilson Raybalt, and, uh, and uh, I, uh, the controversy that surrounds this, and obviously the testimony yesterday of his former uh, chief of staff, uh, Gerald Butts. Uh, joining us to discuss the, the, uh, well, the, the speech itself, of course, and uh, the impact that it may have on this whole affair, uh, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Christopher Waddell, professor in the School of Journalism and Communications at Carleton University in Ottawa. Uh, Christopher, thanks so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Thanks very much, Bill. Listen, right off the top, I guess, the, let's face it, the, the modus operandi here, I think the Prime Minister addressing the nation today was to try to douse the flames on this controversy. How did he do?
2: I think he did a pretty good job explaining his point of view. Um, maybe he might have want, explained his point of view a little earlier in the process but but he, but I think what this is coming down to to some extent. Is uh, to a significant degree um, what happens in a lot of discussions is different different points of view and different perspectives as to how uh, as to what what the issue is and also um, different interpretations of of pressure or or all of those sorts of things.
0: Which was very much along the lines of what Gerald Butts said yesterday during his time in front of the, the Justice Committee. Uh, essentially, look at, the, you know, this happens in Ottawa all the time. This is how you play the game of politics. And uh, we didn't understand or didn't seem to consider or under, uh, get any sense at all that, that Jody Wilson-Raybould was being pressured. That was just the way we do things here.
2: I think there's think there's some degree of truth in that. Certainly, that a lot of a lot of what's gone on and what we've heard in the last little while is, in fact, the way politics works. And. It, and and even on some level, people who are expressing surprise or concern about the fact that that the decision to prosecute um, SNC Lavalin is a polit- is political and politicized to some degree, is I think a little naive too. In that, um, in the year before an election, um, almost every decision a government makes is political, and 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 simply by doing what it did a year or two ago in introducing the possibility of giving companies who may have been convicted of uh, or may be facing charges of of criminal offenses the opportunity to uh, do an out-of-court settlement, if you will, through the deferred prosecution agreement. That basically made the whole issue political anyway, because once you pass that and give that as an option, then all of a sudden it becomes a political decision about whether, whether government should follow that route, or should follow a, a, um, going to court. And uh, overlaid in, f- in part by all the usual things when those sorts of, uh, um, opportunities to avoid a court case come up, which range from the likelihood of getting a prosecution, the cost of, of going through the court process, and frankly, if you're dealing with international, um, international, um, criminal offenses or, put, or charges of international criminal offenses, as the case, uh, about snc and ones as it related to Libya, I think there's significant questions about the capability of the prosecutions, the prosecutors in Canada to be able to handle a case like that. So all of those would be reasons why you might want to have a deferred prosecution, uh, prosecution agreement, um, but by the same token, whether you decide to go that route or the, or the route of, a, of an actual court case is, in fact, in many ways political.
0: But we've kind of got off onto a side road here, haven't we really, Chris, when you look at this? I at mean, least one. Maybe five or six, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a few, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're way down in the boonies now. I don't know yeah. why. Because uh, this, this uh, uh, not just the Prime Minister's statement, but uh, the testimony we've heard over the last couple of days, even with uh, Mr. Wernick and Mr. Butts yesterday, uh, it's not so much about SNC-Lavalin anymore, but it's about who said what to whom and, and what exactly. kind of an impact it had on that. And th- I don't know if we're ever going to get past the he said, she said uh, aspect of this.
2: I think we talked about this one time before, and I think we concluded that was where it was going to end up. Didn't yeah. and, and I suspect that may well be. And, and, and to be fair to someone who, I don't know, I don't remember if it was one of the people before the committee or not who said this, but it's entirely possible that both people are, are correct in that each thought their own, had their own view of it, and they had two different views of it. I mean, th- that does happen sometimes. So whether we're going to get to the bottom of that um, ever, I think probably is unlikely.
0: Well, and, and obviously, I mean, we have to get uh, through the political bombast that's going on here, too. And, and, you know, there's some partisan politicking going on here on both sides, yep. uh, depending oh, on who although, you... Although I'd say generally, um, the committee hearings have been less grandstanding
2: than I thought they might be.
0: Yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm pretty impressed with some of the questioning that's gone on. I thought Lisa Raitt has done co- a very incredible job. Uh, obviously, she's an, uh, you know, an opposition member, and she's going you know, to hold their, their feet to the fire, but that's, their, their, yeah, that's, yeah. that's her job.
2: Yeah, but but it but it hasn't been there hasn't been a lot of sometimes these events turn into kind of circuses, and we've seen some of that in the United States oh, sometimes yeah. with with the way some of their congressional hearings have gone. And I think I think generally MPs on all sides have have, have handled themselves well. Have asked uh, there's obviously uh, there are questions you could ask that didn't get asked, and they may focus on some things because they because this is politics on all sides, and it's not as if everybody isn't political. But um... but generally, I think the hearings. Uh, both the witnesses and the uh and the questioning has been handled pretty well actually and and maybe a a good argument for why committees should have should be doing this sort of uh of inquiries about issues a little more often.
0: The other element to this too is, is as you say, the technique that's, that's been employed here, uh, and and the and the issue, of course, being the, the case obviously the, with the SNC Lavalin, but the the whole idea about how this is handled. Maybe the thing that's maybe a little more disturbing than we want to admit now is that this has really kind of shone the light on some of the inside politics that goes on in Ottawa or Washington or any other capital these days, and we may not want to admit the fact that that's how politics is played, but that is the reality.
2: I I, I suspect that may also be how things play out in corporations when corporations face big decisions. Sure whenever there's a group of people who have to make a decision there are people who have different points of view and people uh, will argue their points of view strenuously uh some will think that some will reach a point where they i just don't agree and so I don't want to participate which is a totally fair position to take um but but yeah uh, when you're facing decisions and 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 you know i would uh, argue that um for people who want to suggest that 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 um, the justice system is beyond politics, well, you know in some cases it, it it is most of the time, but there are cases where, in fact, politics do intervene in, in judicial decisions. If you want to go back to the previous government, um, the conservative government, I think you could make a pretty good case that the the legal pursuit by the conservative government of Omar Khadr tended to have political overtones to it as well, in terms of um, wanting him um, fighting um, parole, doing a variety of other issues, too. So it's not as if in some cases there aren't politics. Um, everything government does is political, and in, an ele- in a year before an election, it's extra-political.
0: Well, exactly, and, and it's, uh, I guess, the other element that I, they always seem to count on here is that, uh, well, the public are going to have short memories about this. Uh, your, your point about Cotter, I think, is, is very poignant to this discussion here, that there's always going to be political considerations, and anytime there's a legal argument, though, Chris, I mean, you look at some of the, the discussions that go on about some of the, the, the high-profile cases uh, that have gone on in the courts in this country, there's always a discussion about, okay, what are the chances of conviction? And what are the implications yeah. of this sort of thing? That's, that's, that's part of the system, and that's part of the discussion that goes on. And clearly that was what was happening, obviously, in, the, in some of these meetings that uh, have been described over the last couple of days.
2: Overlaid, overlaid by poli- certainly overlaid by political considerations. Sure. And the, idea, the idea that it's happening, you know, a Quebec election was going on at the start of it. That's fine. Um, is SNC-Lavalin going to go out of business if, it, if they're convicted? Probably not. Um, will people lose their jobs? Maybe, maybe not. Um, might the company be taken over by another global engineering firm? Perhaps. Uh, is that an issue that, you know, we've seen in some other sectors of the economy, mining sector and some others, that we've lost a lot of, and, and you go back 30 or 40 years, we've lost a lot of jobs, uh, head office jobs as Canadian companies are taken over by other companies, and we tend to become a branch plant. Uh, Is that a concern? Should that be a concern? You can argue that both ways, but that's certainly a political issue, too, and particularly in Quebec, where Quebec has had uh, a series of... of, um, um, kind of, I'd call them national champions, I guess, whether it's uh, uh, over the years, Hydro-Quebec being one, which goes way back to, to the Quiet Revolution and the growth of, of, of um, French-language power in, in, in the economy and in a lot of other areas in Quebec, too. So so there's no question that, that something that would seriously damage SNC-Lavalin would be a political issue in Quebec, and the people doing it could face some political repercussions. That doesn't mean they may not go ahead and do it, But you need to talk it through before you decide what you're going to do, in part to make sure you're making the right decision, and second of all, to um, make sure you're making the right decision to hear out all the points, and also to give yourself a... uh... Uh, whatever arguments you want to make for why you're going ahead and doing what you're doing.
0: There's the other element to this, too, and I know that uh, in the, some of the testimony and some of the Q&A that went back and forth over the last couple of times that uh, some of the high-profile folks have been before this committee, they, they've always said, you know, well, you know, you why, you political considerations, you're thinking about this, and you, you even brought up the idea about getting re-elected. Uh, in all the years you've been covering journalism and, and politics, have you ever found a government that didn't have a political consideration about getting reelected? They all want um, to keep their jobs.
2: <laughs> well, if they don't have one, it's usually in the first year of, their new, of a new government. And as they get further on and they do more things, they find people agree with them and other people disagree with them, and they start to worry about those sorts of things. And particularly as you're headed into the last year of an election, that, that, that becomes even even more significant
0: as well. Well, sure. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, every government decision, they always want you to make uh, the assumption that, well, we're doing this because, you know, we, we, we have these high ethical moral standards, and this is why we want to do the quote-unquote right thing. They're always considering the impact it's going to have politically. Every decision they make is like that. Whether it's John, Justin Trudeau or Stephen Harper or Jean Chrétien, go down the list. They've all had that because that's that's the nature of the beast, isn't it?
2: Well, and I would say the opposition parties consider exactly the same thing, too, in the positions they take on issues.
0: Sure, absolutely. So to you know mm, to suggest that you know that that's that's, that's not there's no culpability there. That's just the way the game is played no matter mm-hmm. who's got in the corner office that time.
2: Yeah, it's it's the way the game is played, but but there is a fair argument that made that I think that that Ms. Wilson Rebold made is that in some cases politics isn't the only thing you should be thinking about. There are some there are some broader issues and perspectives you need to take into account, and sometimes the political thing, the correct thing to do politically, may not be the right thing to do um, uh, ethically or anything else. And you can certainly make a case in the case of SNC-Lavalin that you should think seriously about prosecuting them yes there's different management in charge now but this isn't one uh, libya isn't the only example of the company having done ethically improper things whether it's the Montreal hospital bribery case several other cases the funding to the liberal party um i think the fundamental question that no one is really uh, addressed is is what's the attitude if you're going to pass legislation that imposes things like a 10 year contracting ban with the federal government on anyone who's convicted and you get the first major company that might run up against that and you say we we can't do that in essence because this company is too big or too important to 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 be put in a position where it might fail or something else might happen what's the point of passing the legislation on 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 uh, the 10 year ban in the first place and I think that's an interesting argument to have about whether you know it, 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 it's great to pass laws imposing big fines or big big penalties, but but uh, I think an average person would tell you if I did something like this, I wouldn't have the option of being able to pay some money. Maybe I didn't even have the money and get out of whatever the uh, the actual um, implications might be. So there's you know there's just, there's good arguments to have on both sides of this. But we, I think, have moved a long way down towards, as you say, that he said, she said, and we've kind of lost sight of uh, of maybe some of the broader public policy arguments that I think are important to have and position on
0: on the question. Well, yeah, and if there's a silver lining, I don't know if you can actually qualify it as a silver lining, but uh, the fact that there's a discussion about separating the Justice Ministry from the Attorney General's role is, is I think, an interesting and and a much-needed debate that we need to have, and he did talk about that earlier this morning. So, uh, you know, it has opened our eyes to a few things that maybe we need to discuss and you know, try to cobble something a little bit better together as we go forward.
2: Well, I think that's quite right, and and in fact, Ms. Wilson Raybould said in in her testimony that she thought that um, uh, that she thought that um, that that was an issue that should be considered by the committee. Splitting those two rules and leaving the attorney general outside cabinet to ensure that. Uh, that um, that he or she is not faced with the politicization of decisions, not that that's necessarily going to happen, but that would be a step to make it a little more difficult. I think the other thing that may come out of it, that is, on some levels kind of refreshing, and we'll see how it plays out, is the question that, that Mr. Trudeau was also asked today, which is, do Ms. Raybould, uh, Wilson Raybould, and and uh, Ms. Philpott stay in caucus? And everybody's saying, well, they should be driven. They should leave caucus. They should leave caucus. But you know, um, that in Britain. There's lots of people, including a whole bunch who voted against Ms. May on Brexit in the Conservative Party, aren't leaving the Conservative Party. They're still there. And if we're serious about wanting to give individual members of Parliament more independence and more ability to say things and do things, I think the idea that people can be critical of the the government to the point of resigning and still staying in caucus may actually be a positive benefit for democracy as well.
0: Well, we'll see uh, as the court of public opinion starts to uh, unfold over the next couple of days how this is going to play out. Uh, Christopher, thanks as always. Great talking with you again today. Okay. Great, Bill. you, very Take care. Much. Christopher Waddell, of course, from uh, School of Journalism at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.